Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is simple. It's to serve you, to empower you, so you make better financial decisions in your life. I can't believe I'm talking about this again today, but there's a lot of stuff going on with cruises. You need to know if you're thinking of booking or you are booked. Special warnings for you. Also, if you're going somewhere and you're thinking of staying in an Airbnb or VRBO or even a traditional hotel, I got warnings for you about that. And Later, I want to talk about something that has been a massive consumer problem, and that is people who have paid deposits for stuff that is lost in space, and that money is lost in space too. I want to talk about what you need to know to protect yourself when you're buying stuff that is not readily available right now at the retailer or other retailers you've gone to. So the cruise industry, flat on its back for 16 months, I think, no ship sailed at all from a point in March of 20 to June of 21. And even when they started sailing again in June, it was very low capacity, very few ships. And then as we moved further into 21, the cruise industry started getting into a really great recovery and particularly bookings for 23 have been at extremely high costs that people were like well you know I'm not quite ready to go right now but you know 23 everything's going to be great I'm going to be fine and so bookings have been very strong and that money that's come in in deposits has helped keep the cruise lines going along with the relatively small amount of revenue coming in from people who are going on ships right now and the money the cruise lines have borrowed. But now with what's going on with Omicron, the experience passengers are having on cruise ships has deteriorated mightily. So you have to be vaxxed for most any cruise you go on. Got to provide proof, blah, blah, blah. Apparently it's a federal offense if you provide a fake vax card on a cruise. And so it was an environment where people could wander around. They weren't really worried because they were around other Vax people. Well, then Omicron comes along and is extremely contagious. And the cruise lines go back to you having to wear masks and indoors on the ships and all that. And the cases just start rising on the ships. So a lot of ports have said, you can't stop here. And so these cruises are ending up being multiple days at sea and your parents are on a ship right now now. out of Barbados yes out of Barbados and are you in communication with them are they I'm getting some emails my dad said that the the internet is really 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 spotty so I've gotten a couple emails and texts but they've had two ports 
canceled and then they rescheduled one to a port that they weren't originally going to. So, so far, sounds like they're doing okay. So we went on a cruise, the first cruise that sailed out in uh, June of last year. And we ended up being restricted from getting off the ship pretty much the whole week. It was really, really limited who could get off the ship, where you could get off, what ports there were, all that. And so basically we were at sea for a week, fine with us. But if you're going on a cruise, you need to know several things. One, the cruise lines have been canceling cruises the day people arrive to go on the ships. And so you'll book a cruise, you'll get to the point of departure. If you've flown in from somewhere else in the country and you're suddenly in Miami or Fort Lauderdale or Tampa or Port Canaveral or Barbados (laughs) or San Juan or on the West Coast, you're at Long Beach or whatever. The reality is you could travel to get there and they say, no cruise for you. And when you find out is when you get there. And that is terrible because you may have taken time off from work. Your kids may have a break that week, whatever it is. And this trip you plan, suddenly, bam, it's gone. So cruise lines, obviously, uh, in that case, they have to give you your money back. They can't just give you a credit. They will try to give you a credit. They may try to get you to take um, a greater amount as credit towards a future cruise than the cash they would have to pay you for a refund. But also, it's hard to fight with the cruise lines because they're holding on to every dollar they can to stay alive to get that money back. Just know that that money may be stuck there um, and you don't have the trip. So that's scenario one that's happening to people. I just, I'm laying this out because if you love cruising, you may be like, why is Clark putting another dagger in the back of the cruise industry? People need to know that this could happen. So always have a backup plan. We are actually booked to go on a cruise the second week of March with um, my wife, my son, and a friend of my son. And we're going on a cruise out of Miami. And if the cruise cancels on us, we've already come up with plan B. We're going to do a beach trip for a week and just, you know, you know, if we have to zig and zag, whatever, because of what happens with them, we'll be fine. We'll be at the beach. I mean, don't cry a river for us. And, We'll see what happens with the money, whether we get a refund or whatever happens. We'll deal with that with the cruise line. Now, the second scenario is one that has been very upsetting to people. So what the cruise lines have done generally as a policy is that if you get COVID while you're on the ship, they take you and they put you in an isolation room on a lower level of the ship in the sub-basement, basically. Typically, these will be windowless. They'll be tiny little rooms, or they'll have a little teeny porthole window. It's like a prison. Pretty much. You're not allowed to leave it. No way. They bring you cold food. The stories people are posting are ridiculous, that the cruise lines are bringing people cold food three times a day, and it's inedible, and blah, blah, blah. So who knows? How much is just that people are bummed out, feeling bad? Maybe they don't even have symptoms, but somebody else in their cabin had symptoms. So they test you and you're symptomless, but you test positive. That 
my belief what the cruise line should do is they should keep you in your quarters, that you are not allowed to leave your cabin, but you get to stay in the cabin you paid for on the ship. But the cruise lines are choosing, and I mean, the reports are overwhelming, cruise lines are choosing to put people in these little basement dungeons and lock you away like you are uh, somebody who's up on charges or a convict or something. And that is wrong. And I hope the people at Royal, Carnival, and NCL, the three parent companies that control 80% of cruise berths in the world, that you will rethink how you're doing this because it's bad enough to get to the port and be turned away. It's bad enough to get COVID. But, you know, on the cruise ships, people are vac, so almost everybody has very mild symptoms if they get Omicron. And so the third thing, you already got the COVID, is to then lock you in this dungeon is just shocking. You know, I will tell you if that happens to Lane when we're on the ship in March and she gets locked in the dungeon, I don't know that she's ever going to talk to me again. I mean, I would never get on a ship again, that's for sure. Yeah. But the only reason I could see it is if you have other people in your cabin and you're trying not to be exposed to them, maybe lock you in a different room. I don't know. But that's the only case that I could see. Yeah, but I think think this is stupidity on the part of the cruise lines. There have been stories all over the place about how the cruise lines are treating the passengers. You want to read about it. If you test positive uh, and you're on a ship, my goodness. Anyway, it may make you think, you know what? Maybe I am a 23 cruise passenger instead of a 22. Maybe I'm a 24 instead of a 22. You know, that you take that booking and you push it back because you don't want to end up in the dungeon on the ship. And uh, there are some pictures people have posted of these little cubby holes they're put in one thing it makes me think about is that how the lower level employees on cruise ships live yeah except there are bunk beds too (laughs) yeah i mean man that looks really rough it's terrible so the other thing with this is when you're booking airbnb or vrbo please pay very close attention to what the booking policy is for cancellation Most Airbnbs or VRBOs, you book, you own it, and that's it. No exceptions. Now, there are some people who have Airbnbs, VRBOs, that because of COVID are giving more liberal cancellation policies. But for the most part, with both Airbnb and VRBO, you book it, you own it, whether you go or not. Please be solidly aware of that. On hotels, a lot of hotels, particularly at resorts, that tended to be non-refundable the second you booked them, they're not doing that anymore. They are generally allowing you to cancel, in most cases, up to three days before for a full refund. But again, it varies by property, and just because most are doing that, not everybody is. So in this era of uncertainty with travel, Having the ability to cancel without losing money is key to your travel plans and be very aware of this when you book through any channel for a tour, hotel, or a 
rental like an Airbnb. And with that having been said, and having talked for like a day and a half about the cruise lines. Uh, Some travel questions. Joe in Georgia, we planned a 40th anniversary trip to Canada last year that's scheduled to start next month. The complete first class itinerary has been modified since our original trip payment was completed. All bars and restaurants are closed. The dome car and special first class amenities have been canceled. We want to cancel the trip, but the tour company said the third party insurance will only refund three quarters of the $11,000 price tag. This is not right or fair. I know it's COVID and masks would have been okay, but nothing will be open. We would have first-class meals on paper plates, no bubbly or alcohol. It would not be a trip to remember. So people love that trip and you will not have the amenities that you were paying a huge amount of money for, $11,000. This is such a difficult dilemma. Because you're talking about cancel for any reason, refund, that you'll get back, um, was it 8000 something out of $11,000, or you go on the trip and know that you have the incredible beauty you'll see in Canada in that dome car, but you will not have the, oh, I'm sorry, the dome, the dome car, car was canceled. canceled. So you're just looking out a window. This is one of those things, Joe, that that is just in the life's not fair department. And the this goes back to what I was just saying about the terms and conditions on refunds with tours and anything you book are so important. And this is this is a thing where if they will let you roll the money to a future date would be the best compromise I could recommend. And your 40th anniversary trip may become your 42nd anniversary trip as an alternative because they have the legal right to say, that's it, we're going to give you back three quarters, that's all you get. They have the right to do that even though the terms of the tour have changed so much because if you read the tour contract, tour contracts always say, that all the features are subject to change even without notice. And so you got to make that call of either going and knowing you're not going to have the same experience, seeing if you can roll it forward to a future date or cut your losses and take back your 8000 and change. It is a very difficult choice I can't make for you. And we'll squeeze in one more here from Philip in Connecticut. I'm trying to rebook a trip overseas, which I first booked in December of 2019. And again, after the vaccines were announced last year, most of the plane tickets are covered through my travel credit with United. My question has to do with insurance. I've seen cancel for any reason policies, which is also good because we have elderly parents. However, they'll only cover 75% of the non-refundable amount. If United gives us a credit, which we may not be able to use if we're only given till the end of the year to use it, I'm not sure if the insurance will cover it. Other than the plane, I may only be on the hook for a couple of hotel nights. Am I right about the plane tickets? If so, I'm not sure it's worth buying the cancel for any reason coverage. This has been a gray area with cancel for any reason insurance, and it depends on the language of the policy, what happens in a case where the airline gives you a credit, but you cannot use the credit in time. Um, Some policies make you wait 
till the credits have expired, and then you get back your 50, 60, or 75%, depending on what kind of cancel for any reason coverage you have. But you do have to wait generally when that will be refunded till that window has closed to prevent you from claiming against the insurance and then using the credit too. So you've got to read in the language of the contract on how you trigger cancel for any reason to make sure that the non-refundable airline tickets that are rollable forward for a period of time, if that's an expression, that you're able to ultimately forfeit that and get back three quarters of the money. I know that was if, 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 and it's true because it all depends on the language of the contract of the insurance. So I know that you were looking for a much more clear answer. That's the best I can do. So there are, I don't even know how many people around America have ordered something like furniture and paid a deposit and it's nowhere to be seen. And I need to talk about that because it's been crushing to people's wallets. What do you do about that next? This podcast is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's face it, sometimes multitasking can be overwhelming. Like when your favorite podcast is playing and the person next to you is talking and your car fan is blasting, all while you're trying to find the perfect parking spot. But then again, sometimes multitasking is easy, like quoting with Progressive Insurance. They do the hard work of comparing rates so you can find a great rate that works for you, even if it's not with them. Give their nifty comparison tool a try and you might just find getting the rate and coverage you deserve is easy. All you need to do is visit Progressive's website to get a quote with all the coverages you want, like comprehensive and collision coverage or personal injury protection. Then you'll see Progressive's direct rate and their tool provide options from other companies, all lined up and ready to compare, so it's simple to choose the rate and coverages you like. Press play on comparing auto rates. Quote at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You go into a furniture store or many other places for a while. This was completely true with appliances. And they might have things on the floor, displays, but there was nothing you could buy. And they'd say, well, you can place a deposit, especially there's been a, a mess in the furniture business. You place a deposit, and they'll tell you it'll be there in 6 to 12 weeks. 6 to 12 months later, still no furniture. Day after day, there are stories on local television news and in newspapers. Here's one from the New York Post. Uh, somebody paid $6,000 for a sectional. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting. They were told to expect delivery in six months and it's now been more than a year no furniture 
person after person is posting about this. Now no one's answering, stealing my money, not giving me anything in return. This is a terrible, terrible problem all across America. And I don't want to say that furniture retailers and others that sell high-end goods or expensive goods were purposely trying to rip people off. They may have truly believed when they took a deposit from you that they would have the furniture, the sofa, the, you know, whatever in, you know, three months, six months, whatever. I don't think they had any way of knowing how bad the disruptions have been. And then the worst scenario is happening. We've now got furniture retailers filing for bankruptcy. They file for bankruptcy and generally it's up to the court whether your deposits become unsecured claims and you lose your money or if the company's able to uh, reorganize if your deposit is preserved and the money is still there for your furniture. The one thing you can't seem to get is ever a refund that when you pay a deposit, there's no provision with most retailers in any way for you to get that deposit back, no matter what. The interesting thing about this that lawyers can talk about is that they're entering into essentially a contract with you. And normally a contract has to be specific as to what you're getting and the time. But there is no time involved in this. But this is another law. He who has the gold makes the rules. And the furniture stores have the money, and there's no way really to get that money back. So this is why I've recommended that you buy only furniture if your money really matters to you, that you can get your hands on. Maybe it's even used furniture, that you buy what you can get uh, off the floor. You know, uh, Lane and I were in a a store the other day, and there was a a chair that was on um, final sale. It was a floor sample being sold off. I guess they weren't going to stock that chair anymore. And they had it marked down. And there was another woman who was looking at it too and she was really excited about it and we said well if you want it you go ahead and have it otherwise we'll buy it and she did buy it but that way i mean you see it it's there you buy it you take it you don't have to worry about it but right now paying deposits is really dangerous now even if you put down a deposit on a credit card when you're buying something you only have a 60-day window there And again, the credit card company may or may not give you your money back based on failure to deliver goods or services. That's the basis on making a claim for the return of that money. Just know that we're still in very hazardous territory because of what's going on in the furniture production industry in Asia, where almost all furniture comes from, a lot from Indonesia, um, Thailand, trying to think where else, China, where else they make Vietnam, the disruptions are just massive. So know that that deposit you pay is money that's almost certainly taking a one-way trip, even if the furniture never makes the trip from Asia. Well, I've got a question from George in California. 
He says, I bought an oven from a big electronic retailing store in July of 2021. I'm still waiting for delivery. The delivery date has been adjusted three times already. The last promised delivery is for February 5th. As part of the purchase promotion, I received no interest credit for 24 months. I called the store and asked if they would extend the interest-free promotion for an additional six months to reflect the delay in product delivery. I'm making payments regardless. Wait, 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 what, what, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're paying for this stove? Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist? You're already making uh-uh, uh-uh. No, you are getting ripped off to the end of the earth here. This is a major publicly traded retailer. There is no excuse for this. And you're not asking for enough. First of all, there are more and more stoves available, appliances that were non-existent. There are now more available. What the store owes you is a full and complete refund. And this is going to involve you contacting their in-house credit issuer. And this is unbelievable. You should not, your payment should not have begun until you receive the goods. This is an abuse of you as a customer. Now, this retailer claims they don't have store managers anymore. That's baloney. I want you to go back in the store and I want this resolved and I want to hear back from you because the next thing we're going to do is we're going to name the retailer, make sure they know that they have not been named yet to give them a chance to resolve this to your satisfaction. That's unbelievable. Let me ask you something though, devil's advocate. If I went to that store and ordered the oven, I would have to pay for it when I ordered it. Wait, wait, wait. He's on a same. He's on as, a no, no, no. He's plan. a no, no, no plan, which I hate those anyway. Right. But so anyway, I'm just asking, like you know, the- no, no, no plan, paying for something that doesn't exist yet. Right. So that was a purchase with finance, almost like using a credit card. Mm-hmm. But the item doesn't exist. Right. Right. So he's paying for a Phantom. You know, it cooks as well as I know how to cook in an oven. Mm-hmm. Not having an oven is equal to how I cook. The difference is he wants to cook in an oven and doesn't have it. And that's why the store has to fix this and make this right. This is from Dennis in Georgia. I'm a coach and receive multiple payments weekly via Venmo for private lessons. With the new IRS reporting requirements, do I need to report since there's no receipt or bill given to the payee? Yeah, so this is going to be... Uh, something that's going to generate a lot of questions to us. I briefly addressed this, that a lot of people now are being paid tips, being paid for services they render. Like, let's say somebody gives guitar lessons, in this case, a coach doing individual coaching. People now routinely pay you instead of in cash like they might have in the past. They're now paying with Venmo, Cash App, um, you know, PayPal, that horrible bank thing, Zelle. Anyway, they're paying these methods, and now the uh, federal rules require that it be reported that you've received money in excess of, is it 600 over the course of a year? And the idea is that people that are getting a lot of money that way are likely doing it in a job or profession, and that people are not reporting the money, and so now you are going to have to report it. Now- 
I'm not telling you how to evade taxes, but I'm telling you what people are doing is they're now asking to go back to the old way of doing things, which is to be paid in cash instead of with one of the payment apps. And that is the alternative that is the buzz as a response to what's going on with the new federal rules. So if you are going to continue to be paid by payment apps, yes, you're going to have to report this income and pay tax on the income. From David in New Jersey, I have relatives who just moved here from India and I'm helping them get settled in. They have their social security cards and are working on getting driver's licenses. I add them as authorized users on my credit card as well. However, it's a little tough to get them a bank account. I tried opening one with an online bank, but they were unable to verify their identities. Do you have any suggestions of how or where I can open a bank account for them? So generally, the best thing to do is to use a traditional credit union or bank where you can go in person, and they're going to have to go in person. I don't know. You said moving here. I don't know if they're here yet, but once they're in the United States, if that hadn't happened yet, they go in person with you. You help them. They are here. They just Okay. You help them at a credit union open an account because they're going to have to be almost certainly physically present in order to be able to open that account. And you may have to do something where at least for a short period of time, if you're willing to do so, that it's a joint account that you are on and they are on as well, where they would have the ability to write checks on the account. That may be the alternative you have to pursue. The other thing that I know has worked in the past for people is opening an account with Schwab or Fidelity. That the you open a brokerage side account and with the brokerage accounts you can have check writing privileges and it's another way to have a equivalent of a banking relationship and not have to jump through some of the hoops that an immigrant to the United States has to jump through otherwise. This is from Debbie in Colorado. I've heard your tips on hiring a professional moving company, but I've never heard you talk about using moving pods. I need to move from Colorado to Arizona, and I'm considering using a pod container and hiring local labor to help me pack and unpack the pod with the heavy items. This seems to be a lower cost option, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this approach. Debbie, this is so crazy. Of all the complaints we've heard about moving over the years... And I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to cause a problem. I cannot recall ever having a complaint about the experience people have had doing what you're talking about doing, where they come and dump the pods, the moving pods in your front yard or driveway, you load them up, and whether you hire local labor to help you load and unload, that's fine, but that you load them up yourself, they come and they pick them up and they take them to your new destination. It is a cheaper way to do it, and one that has eliminated a lot of the X factors with moving that have led to all the complaints we've had over the years. So yes, that is a very viable strategy, and I'm sure somebody's going to tell me about some horror story that happened. You used them once, didn't you? With the pod move. I thought you used pods one time to move, no? I've never used pods. You can also use them if you need to store stuff. It's a great method to if you're in between moves or you're fixing up the new place or whatever well you've been very unhappy with me because 
You keep moving Lane yourself. I, uh, do moves ourselves, rent vehicles and load them up. And, and then you them. hurt your back or. Oh, well, anyway, I'm just too cheap for my own good sometimes. <laughs> so here's something that's really cheap for you. It's free. I want you to know about our newsletters we have for you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. We also have communities on Facebook and Instagram. And I hope that in addition to listening to our podcast, you'll join us in other ways as well, all for free.